right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Black and White Podcast. Before we get into it today, uh, it's been a while. Uh, you may have not been aware, um, but uh, the episode we did on the Mount Rushmore for the Chicago Bulls and the Sacramento Kings uh, was pre-recorded. Uh, why might that be, Luke? Why was that pre-recorded? Because haven't decided to travel. <laughs> and where did I travel to again, buddy? To my house. <laughs> Damn right. Um, so for the viewers, uh, sometimes it's nice to just talk about ourselves a little bit. Uh, so that's what we're going to do just before we get into it today. Uh, yeah, so I ended up uh, doing some travels because as a teacher, I got my summers off. And with COVID going on, you know, you never know when the last time it is uh, to travel. So I was like, you know what, I'm going for it. Uh, managed to travel to Alberta and BC, got to see my my homie Luke uh, in Vancouver, showed me a really good time, had a really good time. Too bad we didn't do a promo video. Maybe we'll do that another time. Maybe I'll come visit Winnipeg or not. Uh, but we had a really, you know, had a really relaxing summer. Um, um, so yeah, that video was pre-recorded, enjoyed fun in the sun the last week. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, get, we got to get back into it. We got to get right back into the news here. Um, so let's talk uh, a little bit about the news. I think we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, again, that Luke, so to speak, concocted. Uh, we're going to try something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to do a roundup of both our favorite sports, which would be basketball and soccer. Uh, but we're going to do it in a PTI format. Uh, so for those that know PTI, it's more of a lightning round type of thing uh, where you just kind of go a little bit quicker and quicker um, with the topic. So these topics... Uh, are uh, going to be very condensed. So we're not going to be talking about them too much into, de into detail. Uh, we might just throw out our, you know, each of us, our opinions about it. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to make it work because there's a lot of things that has uh, occurred in the last, about I'd say about last month or so, uh, especially since the NBA Finals, conclusion of the NBA Finals. Um, so there's a lot to talk about in both sports. Um, so we're, like I said, we're just going to move really fast with these things. Uh, and we'll get it going. Um, and then hopefully, you know, we'll have more opportunities for these sorts of things if you like. Uh, or if not, we'll just throw it by the wayside. Um, so, Luke, without further ado, let's start with basketball. We'll start with b-ball. Um, and let's get to our first topic here. Let's talk about the offseason again. Uh, conclusion of the NBA Finals. Lots of offseason moves has occurred it was, uh, as well as we'll talk about the Summer League. Uh, but let's get to the offseason moves. Uh, in particular... A couple teams that are making uh, big waves here. Um, so let's get into the Bulls first, because the Bulls, you never thought uh, they would make the moves that they did probably in the summer, uh, but they did it. Uh, they pulled the trigger. Uh, so they have, a, you know, three, three really um, uh, big moves here. Uh, I'd say two. I didn't recognize the third one, but uh, you can identify them <laughs> as well. So, Luke, let's talk uh, talk about these moves, about the Bulls moves. And do they does it work? Does it get them even in the top four of the East? You know, let me know what you think about that. Yeah, well, I think um, the first one, the big one, I think is Lonzo Ball. Uh, you get an elite ball handler, playmaker on offense. Uh, you know, you take some of those four general duties away from Zach Levine. You don't have to worry about uh, Thomas Sedaransky being your starting point guard. It makes things a little bit easier. I mean, even just about before we did this, I even forgot they had uh, Buzovic. And so you yeah. have to have a starting five of potentially Vucevic, um, Caruso, DeRozan, Levine, Ball. It's a bit small, but that's not a bad starting five. They probably won't use that, but, you know, 
to even have three or four of those guys on the floor at the same time makes your team competitive uh, in the East. But I think in this case, I think Ball is the most important piece of this. Contract's a bit high. Uh, I, think you, I think it was an $80 million contract. 80-85 approximately. Mm-hmm. So three, maybe four a bit years? For, was that three or four years? Four, four years, I believe, four years for 80-85. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a bit high, but you know, if you're a Chicago Bulls, you're willing to take that risk. And uh, they signed Caruso for four years, thirty-seven million. You know, that also is probably a bit high for Caruso as well, but his value is on the defensive end rather than anything else. Uh, you know, so I think they're addressing their things. They're addressing their holes. Mm-hmm. Do I think the Bulls win? No, I don't think anybody does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think they got to become a bit more athletic on the wing and inside. I think Vucevic is a bit too much of an old school big man. And like DeRozan, Levine, Ball, they want to, they all want to go to the same spots that Vucevic is in. Right. So, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Like I said, I think the big question is, do they even crack uh, that top three or four in the East, which is, I mean, I think very pivotal. Uh, you don't want to be, uh, you know, uh, with no home court advantage there. Uh, but let's move on. I mean, the other team uh, that we'll talk a little bit about because they made some big waves uh, with, you know, some people will say is, you know, a big time player uh, from the Washington Wizards is Russell Westbrook. So Russell, Russell Westbrook, yet again, uh, another one year, uh, you know, one year on a team and decides to leave. Uh, but he's going to a team that's, you know, much more of a contender than clearly the Wizards uh, were ever going to be. Um, so how how does Westbrook fit on this Lakers team now that you know they have a big three? That dynamic duo uh, is of the past. What do you think about uh, the Lakers as a whole? I think the biggest issue with him is Westbrook can't shoot very well. Uh, so you know he's a star. He makes them big three, but I don't know if his shooting uh, touches as a benefit to Lakers. But I mean they got rid of. Caldwell, Pope, Harrell, Kuzma, and a first-rounder that was Isaiah Jackson. I mean, those three guys that played for them, I don't care that they, they leave. Like, they barely played Harrell when yeah. Drummond was there. Caldwell, Pope was probably the, the biggest loss uh, on the defensive end, and he could shoot. Um, and, you know, I feel like they replaced him quite well with any combination of guys you want to mention. Monk. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony. Trevor. Even Wayne Ellington. Kent oh, Wayne Ellington. Yeah, Wayne Ellington. Yeah. Wayne Ellington, man. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> you know, he's literally he's literally Caldwell Pope, basically. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing the only thing that really needs to be figured out is do they have enough shooting? If they have enough shooting, then I think they will succeed quite well. But LeBron, Westbrook, uh, even Davis to a point, they all want to go head down straight to the hoop. Uh, if, if LeBron can be more of a facilitator. Like even more so of a facilitator, then I think they should be fine. But Westbrook needs to be able to, to extend his range a little bit. I don't think he can be the same Westbrook of past if they want to succeed and win. Um, mm. So it'll be interesting. I think Malik Monk is an underrated pickup. I really liked it a lot. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's had his moments of getting 30, 35, 40 points a game. Or close to it with uh, the Hornets when they let right. him play. So when he got two really big facilities, Harris and Westbrook and James. Who knows? The sky's the limit for that guy. Can't yeah. as well. Like, mm-hmm. 
good, good underrated pickups, and I think it'll benefit them well in the end. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally agree with your assessment there. I was a little bit concerned about the Lakers, uh, I think, coming into that trade because they had not made any of those moves because what I thought they were sort of working towards was not having shooters around them at the time. Um, but, you know, as for mentioned, you know, the, the players that we have mentioned already, um, yeah, they're all, most of these guys are either like three-point shooters or a combination of both three and D. Um, so you only really need a solid night from a few of those guys and have that trio uh, playing well. But the question, I mean, remains for me personally, is that Westbrook has never taken a back seat wherever he goes. Uh, he never takes a back seat. I think personally, he's a pretty selfish player. Don't think he deserved the NBA MVP. I don't think a triple double is impressive, especially when your team sort of bows out of the first round. But that's just my personal opinion. Uh, again, I'm a little bit bitter because I think that was the year Harden should have won as well. Uh, so I just think, you know, when people rate, uh, like ESPN and, you know, all these top companies, they rate, you know, Westbrook really well. I don't, I don't particularly do. And, you know, as the things you mentioned before, um, he doesn't really contribute to, uh, LeBron's strengths. He, in fact, I think he hinders those, um, agree or disagree with that. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, Westbrook, <clears throat> Westbrook's big teammate, whoever it is, so Beal, Harden, Durant, when he was in OKC, they each all had their statistically their best seasons when they were teammates of Westbrook's. Uh, in Harden's case, it was his second best season statistically. Uh, so, you know, does Westbrook get the results? He doesn't get the results, but he does contribute statistically to, the, to his teammates' great seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wonder, I wonder if that will be the same because you know we mentioned those three guys; they're all shooters, big time shooters, right? Durant, Beal, uh, and Harden. They shoot. James does not. Davis does not. So this will be the first time where he doesn't have a, a big time shooting teammate, right? And and even that being said, like LeBron's LeBron, so I think it'll be interesting to see what will happen. Mm -hmm. I don't think we really have anything to compare it to. Maybe, maybe he plays on the second line. Mm, suggestions. I don't know if Westbrook's going to like that. <laughs> but possibly. <It's> probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's move on. Starting. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on and let's talk about, well, we've already talked about the Lakers. Uh, let's talk about the big team in the East. And I think we all agree that it's the Nets. Um, although they didn't come out of the East, we know the Bucks did. I think uh, the Knicks will, uh, ugh, I said the Knicks as if like the Nets and the Knicks apparently now are one team, <laughs> but the Nets uh, will be back. They will be back stronger, I believe. And hopefully both Harden and Kyrie will be healthy this time around uh, because they are definitely touted as the Lakers are um, the favorites uh, uh, probably, you know, top the East, if not, or, you know, top the regular season, if not, uh, we'll probably make it, or we'll see each other in the finals. Um, so what are your thoughts on those favorites? Uh, and why are we abandoning the, your sons uh, and the Bucks? I'm never, I'm never abandoning the sons, so I'll die with them. <laughs> so it's, it's quite okay by me. Uh, but the Nets, I think they have done a good job of filling in the holes, but they also lost some quality players. Jeff Green, underrated. When uh, any one of those big three guys went down, he was the guy that kind of filled in the hole. Now he's gone. What are you going to do? You replace him with James Johnson, 
Patty Mills, DeAndre Bembry, mm-hmm. Javon Carter. I don't know, you know, but um, you know, if you have a team with Durant, you have a pretty solid chance of doing well, regardless of who his second and third guy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to have that second guy be Harden, and even if they get rid of Kyrie Irving, which it sounds like they want to, uh, that team's still pretty stacked. <clears throat> um, you know, I think the big thing for me is their rookies, how they sort of fit in. Uh, I, people say that Cameron Thomas was a steal. I disagree. I don't think he was a steal. Uh, he takes like 30 shots a game uh, to score his 30 points. And he's not going to be able to take 30 shots a game when your teammates are Durant, Harden, potentially Irving, if they're going to be taking your shots. So if you can adjust and be able to be a efficient shooter, an efficient shooter, then perhaps he's a steal. But right now, uh, don't listen to the experts. I am the expert in this case. Um, but we'll see. I think Landry Shamet's underrated loss. I think Spencer Dinwiddie would have been would fit well, but that's another loss. Um, but I do think they, they come out of the East. I mean, they're too stacked at the front end to not come out of the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally a shoe, a toe, toenail away from the finals this year with one of those guys healthy. So, I mean, it's kind of scary to say that out loud. And they got better. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, shout out to our, our main man. Uh, we don't talk about him too, enough uh, as a coach, but shout out to Steve Nash. I think that's like, you know how like uh, the Grant, I don't know if you remember the Grantland with like Bill Simmons and uh, Jalen Rose. Their guy was like Boogie Cousins and Larry Bird. I think our guy is like Steve Nash. So, you know, if you hate Steve Nash, we hate you kind of mentality. <laughs> Anybody hating on Steve Nash. So I, I think uh, you got to credit to him, first-year coach, uh, what he was able to do with those guys. I mean, of course, we always say he probably rode the coattails of Durant, but I think a little bit of credit goes, deserves, uh, does deserve, you know, uh, uh, to him as well. So uh, props to Steve Nash as well. Uh, and best of luck to the Nets. Not so much the Lakers for me, sorry. Uh, let's talk Summer League. Let's move on to Summer League. So you talked about a few... Uh, of these young guns here as well uh, with some of these teams, but let's talk a little bit more about those top, uh, those main men. Uh, some of the guys we talked about, especially from the draft have already played all their summer league games. The summer league is over and we've seen some impressive performances from the likes of, you know, our you know top prospects we were talking about as well. Uh, like Jalen green, like a Kate Cunningham, like a Scotty Barnes, uh, like uh, what's his name? Uh, Kaminga, the Kaminga guy as well. I'm sure. Uh, so, you know, maybe talk a few, uh, talk a little bit about those guys in particular that we've talked about uh, from our previous episodes. Any other particular guys in the summer league that shocked you or uh, impressed you? Um, go for it, Luke. This, this, this uh, scouting report is all about you here. Uh, I think uh, I mentioned it before, Cam Thomas. You know, a lot of people are saying that the man averages 23 points a game, got 36 one of them. Super amazing guy with steel. Disagree. Too many shots. We'll move on to the next man. Davion Mitchell, the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I think he is potentially the steal of the draft. Um, you know, the Kings got Tyrese Halberton last year. They got Davion Mitchell this year. They potentially got the two steals of the last two drafts. Uh, I think he's sort of that guy that fits well with uh, any one of those guards, whoever stays and whoever goes. Uh, you know, Fox and um, Buddy Heald, right? Sort of fits in well with them and sort of compensates for their lack of defense mm-hmm. in Heald's case, at least. Uh, you know, sh- shot it well. 
is a very strong plus minus. Um, in terms of the actual top five of the draft, I think everyone competed relatively well, like Kate Cunningham, uh, Joan Green, both sort of did what we expected them to do, be stars of the game. What are you thought Jalen should have gone first or what are you thought Cade went first? Neither team screwed that up. And I think that's huge, mm-hmm. especially for, for those two franchises and their growth, is you didn't screw it up. You know, it's, it's, it's like <laughs> it's, a... It's, it's like happened the, before. Yeah, well it's, well, it's akin to the 1984 draft, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you drafted a Hakeem Olajuwon, you didn't screw up. Yes, you didn't draft Jordan, but you, you didn't screw up because we all know who did, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, in that case, you both got Hall of Famers. I'm not saying that these guys will be, but you didn't screw it up at least. Um, you know, well, think, let, let uh, me let me hold hold your thought there. Was there a screw up so far that you feel like a guy should have been taken before him? Like for me personally, I always think Jalen Suggs should have been over Scotty Barnes, but you can correct me on that or disagree with me there. Uh, what, were there any disappointments in the draft so far from what you've seen in the summer league? Uh, I don't think there's been any disappointments in terms of positioning. I think Scotty Barnes played well, played well for what he was drafted as. Mm-hmm. I also think Suggs and Mobley played well. I just think there were other guys who maybe elevated their their skills, uh, you know, like Chris Duarte on the Pacers, Kaminga proved that maybe he isn't what we thought he was. Uh, you know, Shreve Cooper, um, you know, Jalen Johnson, both Hawks guys, right? They sort of shown showed showed people that they maybe shouldn't have been drafted so low. Where whereas you know the top guys didn't show that that was a mistake. If that right. makes sense. Uh, I think you know for me, I think the interesting one is Chris Duart. Uh, is he Canadian? Is he Dominican Republic? Who really knows? Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone anyone saw on Instagram that uh, Canada basketball posted that Chris Duarte got drafted, and, and they were really proud that he's Canadian. And then there were a bunch of Dominican Republic people that commented on his on the post and said, "He's Dominican Republic. He's Dominican Republic. He's never been to Canada." So I thought, I thought that was great. I thought that was great. I think I, I think I know who the guy who posted it was. Um, but you know. I love the pride, but he played well. 18 points, four assists, three steals. You know, yeah. He's a bit older, like a 24. I think he's like one of the oldest, if not the oldest, person drafted. So he's he's going to play better in the summer league. It will be interesting to see how he translates out to the NBA, right? Against real real men per se. Um, yeah, like I said, I think uh, I think Jalen Johnson and Trey Cooper of the Atlanta Hawks. You know, big risks. But right now they're sort of showing that they're potentially the biggest rewards. Uh, you know, they played quite well. I think uh, Johnson had 19 and 10 essentially, and I think uh, Cooper had like 18 points. Right. He, was, he was a late second rounder. Right. That's pretty good. It's pretty good for a late second rounder to get 18 points a game. Yeah, Sharif Cooper was like the last time I saw the mock drafts. I think well before the draft, he was in like. Uh, very close to lottery territory. He was in the 18, 19, 17. His draft stocks went very low. And I mean, those, those are the th- sorts of things that do happen. So we'll definitely, uh, when we talk a lot more about drafts and young guys and stuff like that, that's probably something that we'll get uh, more into into detail. Um, but what you're telling me, or at least what it sounds like, is that this particular draft is special or is very special. We have a lot of very good players, a very deep draft. Go for it. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I was going to say, what I was really saying to you is that uh, I, pre I predicted it quite well. And, uh, you know, I said Scotty Barnes would probably go for it. I think I even said on the podcast, I said Al Alperin Sagoon would, would be a surprise and man average 15 and 15. And I said Chris Stewart might be one of the better Canadians with Josh Primo. Chris Stewart ended up doing well. What are nice Canadians in another story? You know, so... Now, well done, Luke. Well done, Black and White Podcast. We sort of cement ourselves as the premium basketball podcast, and hopefully, we'll turn we'll turn into a soccer podcast as well. Yeah, I think I'll, that's where we're going, right? I yeah, I gladly I gladly uh, will take the basketball credit, even though I don't do as much research as you. <laughs> so let let's segue because you just made that nice segue uh, into soccer, which is another one of our sports. Something that I've been. Uh, I don't want to say I recruited you. I think you've always been a fan of Barcelona. So and we're, we'll talk a little bit about Barcelona as well. Uh, we also have, yeah, uh, some of you guys may have not heard that, but that was a big sigh, <laughs> a big breath, a big sigh right there. Um, and the other thing, uh, you know, that we talked about a little bit, you know, we talk about in the background as well, um, is that Luke has officially joined the Premier League Fantasy League. Um, so he's joined my league. Uh, so it's pretty fun right now. We have about four or five. If you want to get in, uh, send me an email and I'll invite you in. More than welcome to join if you, uh, we do have any fantasy users here for the Premier League. Um, and he's going through some growing pains, but that's okay. First year doesn't count, as I always say, because uh, you're constantly learning. It's the next year that we're going to judge you, Luke, on your performances. So maybe sometimes I'll leak out the information here on our podcast as well. Uh, but let's get into it. Let's talk soccer. Um, and there's only, uh, I mean, there's a lot of big stories that went on, uh, but they all pair and uh, pale into comparison um, because we're going to be talking about one of the goats, Messi. Can you believe it? He has left. Uh, he has left Barcelona, his hometown. He had played there for over 20 years, two decades, over two decades of Messi in Barcelona, and he decides to leave. That's insane. So maybe we'll talk about PSG a little bit later. Let's talk about Barcelona first. I hate to say it, but it does feel like a recession here, my friend. Uh, and knowing how big of a Barcelona fan you are, I know you did a lot of research. Uh, you've told me a lot. You know, you told me how much debt they're in. So this is all you. This might turn into a rant. I think this is going to turn into a rant. So Luke, what's going on in Barcelona? Truth be told, I don't really know what's going on in Barcelona at this point, but uh, <clears throat> I think, I think, I just think that uh, the former president of Barcelona screwed everybody. Uh, we won't say his name other than Bartholomew. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Barcelona is like $1.8 billion in debt or something like that, $1.5 billion in debt. And they are like had a negative four hundred million dollar um, money. Like they made that much money in a year, negative four hundred million. Like to me, that's insane. And a lot of it comes comes down to what he priced each player at. Like had, they had many guys at four hundred, two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars a match, and like that's insane. I don't know how any, any team, any person, any corporation survives on paying that many guys so much money. But, uh, you know, they're trying to fix the books a little bit. And it sounds like they're um, moving forward with all the free transfers from, you know, Eric Garcia, uh, Memphis Depay, 
um, all those guys, Emerson, Royale, you know, it's going to help. And their first game against uh, Real Sociedad, 4-2, wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Brathwaite says he wants to leave and he doesn't want Barcelona to get any money because he's upset that he was in rumors for the entire summer. And it's like, I don't know what's happening, but the team is starting to implode a little bit, but they're still successful. And that's surprising given all the outside drama, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for you, I don't know if you see anything with Barcelona in particular, but it sounds like a lot of teams are struggling with money and the Liga, their president, really is trying to clamp down hard on it. And it seems like Barcelona and Real Madrid are the ones that are being hurt the most and mm-hmm. they're the ones that bring the money in for the league. Yeah. So it's, you know, Liga lost their best player. The Liga lost their moneymaker and gave it to uh, PSG. Yeah. Because no. they they yeah. had a deal. Messi, Messi was going to sign a deal for 50% less than what he was making. And, and he was going to sign it. Barcelona was ready to sign it. And La Liga is like, nope, sorry. Can't do that. And done. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm in. I mean, as you said, I mean, you said it all really. Um, I haven't followed. I haven't f- followed as much as you, but um, yeah, man, that's. I mean, a billion dollars in debt is. That's a. You're gonna have, really have to work the books, and the problem is, I mean, we talk about it with basketball as well. You know, when these guys are on, you know, lengthy contract, it's hard to get rid of that. Um, most people are not even gonna want to willing to pay a loan. Perhaps who knows? I mean, they did that. You did that with Coutinho. Um, do you want to do that with your players? Not particularly. You still need them to play. Um, so it's going to be a difficult few years for you, uh, uh, I presume. But I think, you know, you asked the question in your in your rant there, you know, you know, how how is Barcelona still sort of, you know, doing well or how are they still performing? I like to say that, you know, they still have some top notch uh, professionals. You know, they still have Sudrio Busquets. They still have, you know, PK. Uh, they you know, they have uh, they have uh, plenty of players there. Uh, are plenty of vets there as well. On top of, they still have a very good youth team, or they they have very good youth. And we talked about them even backstage before too. You know, we talked the likes of Pedri. We talked about Fatty, Fatty, I should say. I call them Fatty. Uh, De Jong, you know, De Jong as well. You know, very good players still uh, that are you know first team players for Barcelona. So um, I'm not particularly me personally. I'm not particularly concerned about the performances on the field. I think uh, they will have some good performances. I don't think you'll win the title. I'd be pretty shocked if you did. Actually, it'd be very impressive if you managed to do that. Um, not necessarily with or without Messi. Uh, although, you know, hearing, talking to other people about Barcelona, some people are actually, you know, relatively happy, happy with the performances of Barcelona and how, um, you know, when you have such a just enormous star, great player, um, that, you know, you start to look at, okay, well, you know, there isn't really a focal point in this team. You know, there's less emphasis on one player. You know, you start to see a lot more of, a, you know, great team play as well. Um, so this could very possibly uh, also be a very, you know, a good silver lining for Barcelona in the future. Again, the problem is, is balancing that book. Uh, that's going to be a hard one. And I think that's going to take time uh, and lots of convincing, maybe buyouts possibly, who knows. Uh, but yeah, covid you know, COVID didn't only hit Barcelona as well. It also hit Real Madrid. You know, it hit the likes of Real Madrid. Um, it, you know, not necessarily, I was thinking about PSG, but that's a lie. 
Uh, Man City has been benefiting. Even Chelsea, you know, uh, was benefiting. But like so, I mean, Arsenal doesn't really pay anybody anyways. Uh, But Tottenham, you know, has had it tough. Um, You know, teams in Italy, Inter Milan selling their guys. We're going to talk about Lukaku soon. Um, So a lot of teams were hurting. Uh, during this time uh, but it's just of course you know with Barcelona and Madrid they're the ones that are going to take the spotlight uh, from this as well but before we get to those two teams let's talk a little bit about Messi in PSG um, clearly you know PSG's odds have shot up so high into the roof uh, that they're probably in the skies right now or in the stars uh, compared to every other team uh, for their chances of winning uh, the trophy that they care about and no, it's not the League Un trophy. <laughs> it's the Champions League trophy. Um, they set up their team to win the Champions League. Not, I mean, of course they're going to win. They should win, win League Un. But if Lille wins again, mm, that's going to be insane. Um, uh, shout out to, by the way, that Jonathan guy, Jonathan David or whatever his name is. Great player, Canada. Um, but yeah, what like what what do you see? How do you see Messi on this PSG PSG team? Uh, and do you think uh, they can win uh, the Champions League? Will it be a, a shoe in? I don't think it will be a shoe in, but um, I think they'll be successful. It sounds like uh, Mbappe wants to get out though. He doesn't want to be on the same team as Messi because he doesn't want the focus not to be on him and. Uh, that would be interesting to see what happens. Like you could potentially have like a Ronaldo Messi 2.0 if Holland goes to Barcelona and Mbappe goes to Real Madrid. Um, but, you know, I mean, it would be interesting to see if, uh, if say, say Mbappe doesn't play ever again for, for um, you know, PSG. That team is still pretty good. You know, Verratti, uh, you know, Neymar, uh, you know, other guys like that's still a a very offensively focused and talented team you know Di Maria if he plays uh Kimbape on defense right like they're going to be pushing forward and I I don't think they'll um bring it as a you know will it will it happen I think that's what will happen is will will it happen you know it probably will but there's always a chance that someone else might win, like a, a man, man United or a Man City. Like, I think those two teams have a good shot at winning it as well. But I do think that they're probably the favorite. Sorry, Chelsea. <laughs> I, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think Chelsea, I, I would say if I were to pick a trophy right now that we, we should win or that I'd uh, prefer to win now, it'd be the Premier League. Um, so, but I'm excited about both. So let's talk a little bit about the Premier League and let's uh, segue over there. Um, some big transfers coming in, uh, namely, you know, we have Sancho from the United, uh, from, I was about to say, Sancho from uh, BVB uh, to the Manchester United. We have Varane from, right, Real Madrid, who's getting tough on finances there. Uh, Varane makes his way to the United as well. Uh, with Chelsea, of course, we have the big man Lukaku coming in from Inter. So he's coming home. We call it, he's coming, uh, Rome, Rome is home now. Um, so Lukaku coming there. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, Man City had made a, another big splash as well with Grealish. Uh, we're yet to see how well uh, that pans out. Um, they're still fighting or vying for Harry Kane, which we might talk a little bit about as well, from Tottenham, who's unwilling to sell. Arsenal, um, um, as we speak right now, has made... Uh, 
uh, has uh, got the uh, signing of Martin Ulegaard as well from uh, Real Madrid. So that should be really interesting. I mean, he, uh, he, he did a loan already with Arsenal. Uh, so I think that's actually a great buy considering how much they got him for. I think it was just under the 40 million mark. Uh, and that's all including bonuses as well. So it's about 30, I think 35 to $36 million as well as uh, Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, again, I'm just talking about the top six. I can't go through all of this. It's a little too much. Um, so from that, uh, you said United, uh, Tottenham, Liverpool, uh, they did get, um, I think it was, uh, not, uh, it's like, Kunde or something, not Kunde, uh, but they got, they had a center back that came from RP Leisbeck, I believe it was. Um, I'm probably going to get corrected for that. So he came in as well. Uh, solid defender as well. You can correct me on that, Luke. You can be my fact checker for today. They got a defender there um, uh, uh, for Liverpool with Van Dijk coming back. Uh, Robbo will be coming back. Uh, so this is going to, this is going to be looking like a really good uh, top for top six battle, and we'll talk a little bit about predictions. But what I'm really excited for is my Chelsea team, of course. So with Lukaku here, um, uh, Chelsea uh, is a team uh, that had been missing a finisher. Uh, Werner has been trolled so many times. You know, Havertz minus the, of course, the big uh, Champions League goal, uh, also being trolled for not finishing his, his dinner. Uh, Mount's not, you know, a top goal scorer, not a striking option. Um, so th this is, for me, you know, this is my little soliloquy that I'll have for today, uh, is that I'm really excited for Lukaku, and any fan that's a Chelsea fan should really be excited uh, for how he fits on this team. I think he fits in seamlessly. I think he's one of, he's very mature. I think his spells at Inter Milan, uh, he, you know, he uh, did play for United, uh, didn't do too well. Uh, but Inter uh, is where he really transformed. Uh, ironically enough, the coach that was there is also a previous Chelsea coach in Antonio Conte. Um, so Antonio Conte really worked with him uh, uh, throughout his, you know, throughout his Inter career. Uh, he was a top goal scorer, I believe, last year uh, for Inter. Um, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to leave initially. Uh, but I think when we sort of uh, knew, you know, Holland was a, a lost cause, uh, we went in. Uh, and when Roman typically, typically speaking, most cases when Rome, uh, when Roman wants something, he'll get it. Uh, and he made it, you know, apparent that we need a striker. He went for Lukaku, uh, whether you believe that's a second option, I could care less. We got our top, top striker, almost, um, 97, uh, 97 and a half pound transfer. And we got our main man. Um, so I'm really excited to see him and he gets to play against, uh, his first game is against Arsenal on Sunday. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting. Um, what are your thoughts just overall on Chelsea uh, and maybe their outlook uh, as we'll talk about the Premier League anyways, our top six pretty soon? Mm -hmm. well, I think it's uh, interesting to see. I think they came through the first week, I think it was last week, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, each one of those six teams, you know, whether there's the four, really talented teams and two iffy teams, but they all sort of proved why they're maybe the top, top, top teams. Uh, it, but it'll be interesting to see when, when they play them each other. Um, but I think that probably Man City, Man United, and Chelsea are probably your top three. Maybe not in that order, but I don't know if there's a lot of debate. Maybe Liverpool slips themselves into that top three, top four. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see who's five and six. Leicester City, uh, Tottenham, 
ever Arsenal. But you know, be interesting to see what happens. Knowing, knowing that there's still some transfers going on, I'm gonna give my prediction. Uh, it's way too early prediction, but I'm gonna give it anyways. And I can't wait to come back to this and get completely roasted. Uh, but I, I think this is. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm gonna get killed for this. But I think this is Chelsea's year. I think we do win the Premier League. So I'm gonna say Chelsea number one. Uh, I'm gonna say City second. United third, and then Liverpool fourth. I think most people uh, do believe that that's going to be the top four at the end of the at the end of the year, at the end of the season. Um, although we do have to give credit to a couple teams that I do believe will come uh, will come strong, uh, especially you know through and throughout. And I think one of those teams is not the traditional six that people usually hear uh, on top of uh, Tottenham and Arsenal. I think uh, Leicester comes in fifth. I think Leicester has unfortunately had a bad curse on them uh, by Rogers, uh, Brendan Rogers being the coach, but it just doesn't seem like they can get a top four finish. And it's only going to be worse for them now that those four teams are very solidified. Assuming again, those teams are healthy as well, keep in mind. Uh, and that, you know, no other major transfers do occur, but you know, that's, that's football for you. Um, so that would be my top five, my sixth, um, it depends on if Harry Kane leaves or not. Again, you know, that's another topic we can talk about. Uh, but Harry Kane based essentially um, has uh, uh, for a little bit or at least a little bit of time has sort of, um, uh, for lack of a better word, he sort of hesitated uh, into coming back to training. He's kind of slowed down. He's had to do his own preseason. Uh, he, you know, it's just official from Sky Sports that he's not going or he's not traveling with Tottenham to the conference league. They should win without him anyways, but he's not transfer. He's not going there because he's still doing his preseason. So who knows how healthy is or how ready he is. Uh, but he's, you know, withheld quite a bit. Um, he had an interview, for example, with Gary Neville, where he actually, uh, you know, evaluated his own uh, amount. He said, you know, Tottenham should, um, should sell him for about a hundred, you know, a hundred mil. Um, but that's not how Levy. Uh, and for those who don't know, Daniel Levy being the Tottenham manager or uh, Tottenham owner, that's not how he rolls. Um, he gets what is he gets what he wants, or he's going to be like, forget it. He just curves you to the wayside. So City's going to have to come in with the bid that he wants, or he's more than happy to keep Kane, uh, because unfortunately with contracts, Kane decided to sign a six-year, and he's only on his, uh, I believe, third year. He's going on his third year or something like that. So he still has three more years of his contract. So uh, Dan Levy is actually in a position of leverage right now. There's no reason for him to sell. Um, so Kane's sort of been fighting. Levy's been fighting this off too as well. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to assume that Kane is going to be with Tottenham uh, and that he'll play out the year. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, I'm going to say Tottenham in six. Unfortunately, Arsenal will probably miss out on the top six. I think they'll get a seven or eight spot. Uh, but they have more issues than you can imagine. Uh, and I think one of them is, you know, not only, you know, oftentimes they talk about their owner, Stan Kroenke, uh, but I'm actually looking at you, um, Arteta. Unfortunately, I don't, one of the things I don't like is uh, when coaches do get fired, I don't ever want to, you know, uh, push for that ever. Uh, I'm not a fan of those sorts of things. We have our own coach here as well, who can probably tell you a little bit about that. Uh, maybe some, maybe he does want some coaches fired. I don't know. <laughs> but um, the point is, uh, is that Arteta had a whole summer with most of those guys in 
and they look lost about ideas. I mean, they just lost to Brentford two nothing. Uh, that's devastating. That's a that's a championship level team that you you know that Arsenal lost to two nothing. Um, it looks like he's run out of ideas. Uh, he's not a very good tactician. Unfortunately, I don't see him finishing out the year. Um, I, I, I do see a firing coming up uh, and it's going to be on Arteta. The, the question is, is can they get, you know, a, a better manager out there? It's yet to see, uh, but it's, it's very possible that does happen. Uh, your thoughts overall on that. I know I pretty much took the space and talked about it, but what are your thoughts on that overall? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, I mean, you took the, you took the words right out of my mouth, you know, but I'll keep it simple and sweet. I'm going to go off the books because I'm allowed to screw it up because I'm not the soccer guy necessarily, but I'm going to say United goes first. Uh, Manchester United, Manchester City goes second. Um, Chelsea goes third. Liverpool goes fourth. Leicester goes fifth. And because I'm fun, I'm going to say Leeds is sixth. Ooh, you went real fun. I like that. I like that's a that's a bold pick. Because I'm going to guess that uh, uh, Arsenal is going to disappoint eventually, and this is the year. Uh, you know, I think that Harry Kane's probably on the way out. And um, you know, whether he stays this year or not, I feel like he has all the power in his hands. Um, and you know. Obviously, I wouldn't want to see him do poorly, but I'm going to say that Leeds does better. So Leeds six, and then say Spurs seven, Arsenal eight. Uh, and I'm allowed to be wrong, you know, but I would love to see. Like Leeds, Leeds, I think, had a solid year last year. Uh, and I just think that they're in a chance to improve. And, yeah. and uh, I think I think uh, Arsenal's they're going the wrong way, and I think uh, Tottenham's going the wrong way as well, so. Yeah. How far? To be determined, but we'll go for it, Leeds. Yeah. So. I can't wait to to look back at this and look at how wrong <laughs> that was. Um, yeah, no, I give – Leeds, Leeds definitely deserves a lot of respect. I think a lot of people had them high last year. Um, so it should be interesting to see how they do this year. I really like their players. I think they work really hard for their manager. So we'll see, you know, how that pans out. Minus the recency bias of losing to Man United. That's a formidable team. We'll see how they do against, you know, uh, the other teams, the bottom half, uh, even within that top 10 echelon as well. It'll be fun to watch. Um, so that pretty Kripple. much. Huh? They got Junior Kripple, a great Barcelona man. <laughs> yeah, this man in his Barcelona, he really loves his Barcelona here. Um, I think we've done a really good roundup. I think it's been sort of fun here. It might be something we do a little bit more in the future, just kind of a lightning round of teams um, and, and topics and yada, yada, yada. So Luke, uh, final conclusions. What are your final thoughts? Uh, I think that there's uh, interesting times ahead, both in basketball and soccer. And it will be interesting to see, I think the most interesting thing out of all this is to see what happens in, with Messi in two years. Does he go back to Barcelona because Barcelona's figured it out? Does he just quit soccer and come to America and play for two years? Does he... You know, what does he do? Does he stay in uh, PhD for another two years? I would love to think that uh, he'll come back to Barcelona, but who really knows except for Messi? Right. Because uh, for the longest time, everyone thought that Messi was coming back to Barcelona. And all of a sudden, within one day, he couldn't come back and he went to PSG. Right. 
Right. So I really think that'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Hopefully sooner. Yeah, fair enough. Rhetorical question for you, but could you imagine Messi and Ronaldo on the same team? Right? Mbappe gone and replace those wages with a Ronaldo? Woo! That'd be that'd be one for the fans, basically. So other than that, yeah. let's leave it there. Let's finish it off. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Black and White Podcast. We are growing, maybe not necessarily rapidly, but we are growing organically. And that's how we like it, organically. Um, so let's finish off there for today. Thank you again for listening, folks. And we'll see you soon uh, for another few episodes. We're going to ramp it up a little bit. We'll see. Maybe we'll get to two episodes uh, in one week. But uh, don't quote me on that because I do work pretty soon. <laughs> and I'm a very busy man. So um, we'll see how it goes. But I'm, I know it's really enjoyable. So take care. Goodbye. Peace out. And peace.